Chapter Twenty Two of Almond Blossom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Almond Blossom by Olive Wadsley. Chapter Twenty Two, Part Two. Tavardi, however, Tony liked better and better. No lover, be it known, is so circumspect, so chivalrous, so definitely correct as your Spaniard, and all that the unsuspecting Tony found entirely right and pleasing he was aware though neither savardi nor he had really discussed the matter that upon her marriage dora would have to give up her opera life in tony and savardi's opinion those events would follow one another in true shakespearean manner as the night the day if savardi had any doubts on this matter he said nothing of them he paid dora assiduous court he kept her in a whirl of life which seemed all sweetness adoration adulation lovely gifts she was feted by every one rexford's presence had given her new prestige savardi and he accompanied her everywhere and her progress in public places might have been that of royalty for the interest it excited doro did not think would not let herself think deliberately as it is perfectly possible for any woman to do she let herself be swayed by savardi's insatiable youth and love her life for the last two years had been desolate in her heart savardi had forced a way in and if he had not lighted the lamps on that altar those from his heart flung a far reflection on to hers women have married for less doro at least loved the gaiety and quickness of him his intense virility as women generally do love precisely those qualities because they stir their pulses and at any rate move life from its ordinary rut secretly doro fully intended continuing her career she foresaw the struggle and she ardently hoped it would take place before her marriage struggles after were apt to be half and half victories on either side she had noticed a remark of savardi's made late one night when he was endeavouring to kiss her good-night a feat which seemed likely to be accomplished towards early morning awoke her from her trance-like laissez-aller frame of mind he was sitting on the sofa holding her in his arms and kissing her quite gently and he said his lips against her hair dios life is very hard difficult i wish that i might shut you up for ever so that no one might gaze upon your beauty but myself he was quite serious his blue eyes burnt with longing i should stifle my soul would leading a life like that doro said he put a cool hand upon her throat but we should belong so all of you would be mine ah we should belong remembering she felt a chill of dread the struggle no longer loomed partly worrying partly amusing it would be a thing of deadly seriousness it was useless to look to tony for any help she knew his views there remained to break her engagement avarado broached the question to her he had contracts with her which had still five years to run of course i shall fulfil them doro told him but naturally avarado was enchanted to hear it also amazed but the latter emotion he hid nor did he mention to doro that lord drexford had asked him much as an enemy offers armistice what price he required to break those contracts the last week of the season dawned in a blaze of heat and bullfights and festas of every description and with it there dawned rex 
quite cool as languid as ever and self-possessed he certainly made a foil for savardi with his fairness and languor his low always it seemed slightly amused voice and utter lack of gesture so it is true he asked doro he studied her and you are as happy as you want to be is any one ever that she asked him a little sadly she wished rex had not come somehow his coming seemed a reproach and yet there was nothing about which she need feel self-reproach savardi and he were polite to one another savardi divined all he would never know and his divination gave him little peace where rex was concerned and rex appropriated doro so calmly he was always in her dressing-room at the hotel driving her riding with her savardi neither liked nor understood his type to him it appeared bloodless and self-sufficient rex had none of his tastes and few of his views and yet seemed to have lived a great deal and certainly he was no fool again rex's friendships were extraordinary he appeared actually to like the robust and pushing Averado, who treated him savardi noticed with no effusion and yet would do things for him he would never do for other men savardi included only savardi's sister renee raved about him in his fairness in his smile and his voice doro suspected rex of a ridicule he did not show she taxed him with it and he denied it with a little smile do you like savardi doro asked him he met her gaze levelly of course i am consumed with jealousy of him i think he's a sportsman and his manners are delightful but one appreciates the mixture of savagery and hot finesse which distinguishes him savardi and he went to the big bullfight to doro's amazement and disgust he was in tony's sitting-room when she went there to seek tony you're back she asked yes savardi was entertaining a crowd but i preferred to come home did you like it the fight no i loathed it why did you go then she was genuinely surprised rex opened his eyes they had been closed he was lying full length on a sofa his hands clasped behind his head and said savardi asked me hoping i would refuse so i went but why it sounds so absurd oh he understands quite well a storm was coming up the sky was livid orange flecked with purple clouds the trees shivered how still it is doro said yes the hush before our tempest forced calm is always important he looked at her fixedly doro yes when is your marriage heaven knows it may possibly does but will that fact content savardi it would not me does not in point of sordid fact there are such things as trains and boats you know in connection with a return trip you are going back doro asked obviously of course rex that curiosity a woman never quite loses with regard to a man she knows has loved her made her question him even while she realized her unwisdom and perhaps lack of kindness rex why did you come the better to see you my dear he said smiling a little ah uh, just just that her voice sounded flat with disappointment i wanted to see what kind of a man savardi was if he'd take care of you and you think he will you approve 
he's a decent being with very obvious limitations and they are better than subtle hidden ones a smile quivered on doro's lips she thought of savardi's first attempt to win her was he so unsubtle and what would rex have said had he known she felt glad he never would rex asked suddenly do you intend to go on singing after your marriage one imagines not it's rather difficult to imagine excellentissima giving full vent to delilah's passion-broken cry doro went across to the sofa and stood beside it and looked down at rex rex what shall i do i don't want to give up my career no i know but i fear you will have to the fact you do not wish to will alter very little she felt hurt by his impersonal tone of lightness and chose to retaliate savardi adores me she said in his way rex answered very quietly but unluckily loving you his way will not give you yours it never does one has to love a person more than oneself to be able to do that however he sat up and drew out his cigarette case you can give up your way doro turned and sat down on the sofa close to him oh rex she said helplessly he rose and walked to the window and lit his cigarette there doro looked at him silhouetted against the dangerous glow of the sky his profile stood out with a sort of hard determination and suddenly it occurred to her that virility is not always super-evident it might exist under self-repression and exist the more intensely therefore the excitement which a coming storm always can induce awoke in her rex was too self-controlled his aloofness made her resentful he had not always been so very still and repressed and apart if he had not come life really would have been easier his coming had not made her love savardi more exerted the influence the return of one old lover can exert rex had simply formed a contrast and her mood was too variable to desire any further agitation savardi came in and saw rex first his blue eyes glittered then he kissed doro and talked with her in the tone young men like to use to their womenkind a tone of voice which if it had been addressed to children might be described as soothing and as addressed to a woman deserves the adjective soft in its least polite sense rex continued to stare out of the window at the darkening street the low bending trees and lifting awnings the air felt as if there were no wind and yet all things moved in a frightened hurried way savardi wished to god in his own mind that rex would go and continued to murmur to doro he was intensely wrought up the bullfight had lit its usual excitement in him much excellent champagne had not tended to lessen that effect he wanted to kiss and kiss doro but this man stood there in priest-like inactivity you like the fight senor greville he inquired suddenly oh yes thanks you approve of our sport then but why not don luis nothing to be gained that way the hour dragged at last savardi left just before the storm broke i cannot drive to the opera house in this doro said watching the hailstones beat the street it would be impossible heavens rex what an irritating thing life is as he still did not speak she said a little nervously laughingly i think i want to be comforted 
the words took them back to hurst point to the old life rex i'm so uncertain she longed for him to question her he said levelly you are engaged you know no one forces that sort of thing on one circumstances do doro answered sombrely he would not look at her his steady eyes gazed reflectively at the sodden road suddenly doro demanded what did g think of my engagement oh she hoped you'd be happy and so on and so forth he smiled at her g was quite as she should have been he spoke with a double truth one half which was heard only personally for g had taken it well for both doro and himself she had not questioned doro's choice she had certainly wished her every happiness and she had clasped rex's head between her fine withered hands and drawn it down to her shoulder if he had felt reading the letter of announcement that all the glow and romance of life was ended she had felt for him through him as if life had ceased to have any value if his love for doro had been of the stocky used kind the kind which may begin in earliest youth and settle down from lack of ambition on the part of the lover to a state of well-wishing well-being placidity she would have been sorry for his disappointment but not broken by it at all but she knew that some men are so constituted that one love may fill their lives to the exclusion of all else and that by the possession of the woman they love alone will they attain happiness rex had been no anchorite but he had never spoken of any woman with love save doro g knew him through and through knew his passion for beauty the subtlety of his mind his deadly obstinacy these three things had all fused in his love for doro i will have the best or nothing he had once told g doggedly it had been she who had advised him to go to madrid he had meant to go she divined and she had made the way as easy for him as she could now he was there and that was all that could be said doro's engagement endured he would make no appeal he recognized savardi's defects and virtues and knew him to be as much in love as his nature would allow him to be with one woman at one time he saw doro did not love him and yet would marry him unless some one deliberately stopped her he realized with austere clarity that he should return to england he approved savardi's dislike of himself and despised himself for exploiting it this evening he knew he must not stay if doro did not love savardi neither did she love him and his presence confused her power of concentration he said i'm going back to-morrow my dear in this weather i prefer hurst point you are going to-morrow doro said her heart sank oh why lots of reasons chiefly i want to the room was nearly in darkness they could see one another's faces in a pale blur don't go doro said she crossed to him and laid her hand on his arm it's it's been so so splendid having you savardi doesn't like me but is nice about me is that what you are going to say he interpolated he does like you my dear he does not nor i him how absurd and anyway if it is so why rex wondered if women were deliberately cruel or merely nervously so he felt hard inclination to take doro's hand tightly in his own and crush it into his and tell her because we both love you 
because he suspects i do and i know he does because i hate to see him touch you hate to think of the hours he can kiss you hate him for being first when it is not my fault i am not and just chance luck call it what you will and i hate him because it makes me dishonourable to myself instead he said simply we don't hit it although we are both rather nice people in our different way he clung to any form of humour went on talking in the same vein to escape the tension he felt threatened never since he had come to madrid had he felt so utterly stirred as he felt now never had doro striven so to reach him the storm was sweeping his nerves too the room grew even darker he knew if he did not go that he would later not forgive himself he longed with a parched sensation of driven longing to break down the frail barrier between himself and doro and implore her to free herself he longed to tell her of the sleepless nights and weary days he had lived through for love of her just this quiet intimacy was a danger in itself he made himself say nonchalantly i must be off my dear i'll come round in the morning if i may to say good-bye he did not attempt to take her hand he reached the door and switched on the light and looked back at her au revoir then he closed the door and stood alone in the vast corridor that deadly ache born of the knowledge of chance foregone a meeting he had longed to last ended seized on him he asked himself the questions one does ask futilely why had he not stayed just a little longer why had he been so unnecessarily off-hand he had not wished to go in reality and with every thought and instinct he longed to return to doro the dimly lit corridor looked like the dreary entrance to any place of repentance it was stamped with unoriginal neatness and worth how banal to leave all your heart's happiness in such a hotel to part from everything which made life beautiful in one of those over-furnished garish little rooms rex realized the power to hurt which speaking ordinarily things can possess he walked away and down the wide thickly carpeted steps outside it had stopped raining for a little while but the sky hung low like a dark menacing wave about to break lightning cut into it with streaks of silver fire no thunder followed but the air seemed to suffocate itself it was so dense so heavy rex walked out and crossed the square an acacia tree in front of him suddenly bowed as if a violent hand had pulled it downwards and at the same moment a second storm burst he ran still limping a little to the first shelter he saw a faintly lighted oblong he pushed blindly at it and found a half-opened door and slipped in voices sounded indistinctly some one laughed a man some one sang rex his eyes becoming used to the dim light discovered that he must be in the private entrance to the cafe du nord dimly he could hear a band he seemed to remember the location too the rain fell in a deluge he decided to stay where he was and walked forward and sat down on the linoleum-covered stairs the room on the top landing was obviously occupied by rather happy revellers bursts of song were interrupted by roars of laughter rex remembered the bullfight and understood this otherwise unnaturally early celebration he lit a cigarette it seemed extraordinary that to-morrow at this time he would already be so far away it seemed extraordinary simply because he would be acting directly against his wishes even his will he had never loved doro as he loved her now 
now that he and she had both savoured life apart her newness at this reunion had been an added delight it had seemed to give her an added charm or perhaps to make all the other qualities he so loved in her more wonderful he tried to think what he would do with life how he should pass the time which loomed so menacingly before him now time became an enemy with every advantage when you loved and were not loved again one might struggle deny pursue one's interests vehemently one did not escape he supposed he would go back to london and stay there and read of dolores in the papers and hate savardi as much as ever for deep down he hated him and though the origin of his motive was obscure he knew it resulted in contempt he despised him for some quality he could not place in him but at the same time he felt he was never wholly just to savardi because of his jealousy and at that moment oddly he heard savardi's voice he was shouting a name doros rex flushed in the dusk young cub he is drunk of course another voice shouted clearly to the marriage day apparently there was a vast filling of glasses rex rose and prepared to leave he had reached the door when another voice young rather thick reached him easily never meant to marry the fair dolores only her father insisted oaths shouts laughter expostulations broke out rex strung up by the day's demand took the stairs in a couple of strides and opened the door of the room savardi and a youth were struggling together half a dozen other young men were cursing and laughing and endeavouring to separate the combatants as rex entered the youth broke free his face was bleeding where savardi had struck him he spat out venomously it is the truth all our family knows it is the truth all madrid knew luis would not marry an opera singer he had arranged to take her to his villa at cordova my father saw the settlements then this lord rexford appeared his friends had been restraining savardi now one whispered rex's name and savardi spun round and they faced one another into rex's mind rocking in a very tempest of white rage the thought slid like a sliver of ice now i know why i distrusted him he walked across the floor and stood within a foot of savardi they were of even height their eyes met levelly for a moment neither moved then rex lifting his hand struck savardi lightly in the face smiled at him faintly and drew back savardi laughed in his throat his friend miguel martinez stepped forward bowed to rex and proffered a card he began a set speech in spanish rex took the card tore it in two and still staring at savardi's chill white face and burning eyes struck him again lightly as before savardi closed with him and he had the sole satisfying feeling of having his enemy at grips at last the elan which succeeds rage possessed him he was lifted entirely above his earlier mood and felt an amazing lightness neither man spoke and there was silence in the close crowded room savardi nearly swung rex clear once but a moment later rex deliberately thrust savardi off his feet and by sheer appalling effort beat him to the floor as he did so he felt his weak side stabbed by a hideous pain a haze floated before him but through it he could see savardi on the floor still he gave a little laugh and mechanically stooped to offer his hand to the fallen man others ran forward he turned away and walked to a dusty mirror set in tarnished gilt with bunches of paper flowers at the four corners 
and fastened his collar and tied his tie meticulously then still upright he walked out of the room and down the stairs it had stopped raining and he felt vaguely thankful for the momentary coolness he was in such pain that he could scarcely think coherently he knew he must reach his hotel but he did not remember which way he went a tram clanged past and stopped he reached it murmured the name of the hotel and heard the man answer watched him wave his hand energetically and realized he was quite near it he managed to gain his room his man was there putting out his dinner clothes rex said to him collapsing on the bed get a doctor the best and don't let don't let a soul know not 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 his lordship do you see go now and be as quick as you can martin adored him he was back with the doctor within five minutes a little fat man who was not quite innocent of the perfume of garlic but who the porter had informed martin was as clever as the devil he examined rex and his sharp face grew sharper in the end he took out a syringe and gave rex an injection i leave to-night on the paris express rex said to him quietly freed from the pain if you can manage it i should be glad if you could accompany me to paris the doctor stared then his heavy jowl quivered with anger you do not he argued dogmatically rex winced with weariness oh yes can you come or do you refuse you understand you will be in great pain each inch of the way you need absolute rest scarcely a movement the doctor inquired with seeming relish oh yes you may think you are a brave man but i shall be a braver if i go the doctor said glumly but he was poor and he was well aware this englishman was rich all the english appeared to be four things rich pig-headed conceited and without religion martin and he carried rex into the train and the doctor sat beside him in the stuffy wagon-lit rex kept his steady tired eyes fixed on the sky morphia had never dulled his mind nor made him sleep he had sent doro and tony a note saying he was leaving by the night express and that had been all he seemed to feel nothing now but the pain and a certain gladness that he had beaten savardi his mind could not struggle with the reason for the fight he needed its balance to help him keep physical control of himself in paris he bade espada good-bye and sent for a man he knew well a young frenchman who had been his friend at oxford and who was mad on surgery and science he bandaged rex and took him to his own house and talked to him of his loves and work and much of science and more emotion rex bore his kindness for a week then swathed like a mummy cursed for his foolishness with every good french curse known to his infuriated and devoted doctor he left for london and his own home he was fond of the town-house in his way he liked its cool spaces its view of st james its intimate association with all things which had passed but passed with dignity it was too big a place of course and very darkly furnished but it was home and his own and he longed with almost passionate ardour for a little peace in his own country his bedroom overlooked the green park now the haunt of the happy loiterer and he used to lie and watch the first leaves drift down as the hot sun kissed them loose he wondered as every one does at some time or another generally during unhappiness how many of the passers-by were glad or miserable 
what loveliness or tragedy had touched their lives he was not lonely at this time degrees report on his injured back hume's grave verdict after the examination the constant pain made him at once too depressed and tired to mind much who was with him or away but when as it seemed miraculously g entered his room one late summer afternoon he knew he had missed her all the while she was in black muslin and pink roses a frivolous sunshade all black chiffon and roses had replaced the ebony stick real roses were pinned in her corsage by very real diamonds indeed and all about her there hovered the sweet fragrance she affected which rex had loved so as a little boy she stood beside his couch and smiled down at him well well said she in that caressing little voice women use to their children when they have hurt themselves how did you hear i was back rex asked i met sir keith at a garden party affair and he told me everything except the bits you will tell me later on sweet aged and funereal came in to remove her mistress's things and incidentally to give herself the tremulous joy of commiserating with rex indeed you do look badly sir she said with gloomy respect worn to a shadow cruel thin if i may say so i suppose sir the doctor thinks it'll be a long job years sweet dear rex replied instantly if indeed i ever regain my former briskness sweet murmured scripturally about giving and taking away then roused herself to give a spirited account of an illness similar to rex's it seemed which had been suffered by a member of her own family and had run a course of such serious nature that it had included every known ailment the sufferer however succumbing to none till old age had taken its toll cheery outlook rex commented enjoying sweet immensely he felt quite different already he had never realized he wanted g but now that she had come he knew he had unconsciously missed her all the time simply her presence the familiar perfume she used her low yet crisp voice the sense of individuality she gave to a room which is so great a gift and possessed by so few people served to create an atmosphere of pleasurable contentment he forgot his back madrid the longness of the day martin came in smiling flowers which rex had been too dispirited to ask for appeared magically tea boasted special cakes g secretly intensely distressed by rex's pallor his obvious weakness decided instantly that she would stay in town indefinitely she dispatched the outraged suite to pointers with instructions to return by return accompanied by nick the terrier and such garments as she and sweet would need in her own old room which she had occupied as a girl she lay down to rest for a while naturally she was consumed with anxious curiosity as to the reason for rex's illness his abrupt departure from madrid age had been kind to her g often acknowledged that in so much that it had detracted nothing from her mentality and had added to it a very temperate philosophy but philosophy very seldom takes rank with love and g's love for rex was the dominant factor in her life she cursed doro's entry into the family in her mind since rex had suffered by it she remembered the november evening years before when doro had seemed a being of cool yet flamboyant youth and rex had spoken first of her loveliness 
she g should have foreseen then but she had trusted to the value of propinquity which breeds so wholesome a familiarity she admitted now to herself that she had entirely failed to discount the influence one love may have in awaking love she had ignored the strange yet often inexorable effect the mere fact of love being felt by one person may have quite unconsciously on another nature seeming to attract as if by an invisible aura exerting an involuntary spell by reason of its own intensity now she knew that in all probability had pan and doro never loved rex might not have cared doro until that new aspect of her had been presented to him would have remained the being of close dearness and no more to rex but it had happened and regret was futile lying here in the room which had once watched her own hour of storm her thoughts moved slowly to her own youth people said age forgot failed to sympathize because it had grown out of touch to-day she remembered as if it had been yesterday the anguish of those summer months when she like doro had loved a man of straw she felt herself a ghost of herself gazing pitifully at her own anguish ah age forgot nothing and when it still loved it only suffered anew in the sufferings of the one it loved by the memory of her own grief she knew rex's pain she dined with him in his room and later they sat in the darkness lighted only by the reflection of lamps from the park the trees rustled softly sighing for relief that the heat of the day was over occasional steps sounded from below nick restored to his one love by the reluctant but speedy sweet lay a too warm but adoring weight in the crook of rex's arm it was all damnable rex said suddenly his cigarette glowing for an instant i made a hideous mistake in going and he told g every detail he could remember savardi is the carpentier type you know he conquers by force doro does not love him she was uncertain of life when he entered it she had achieved so much so quickly of course all the future seemed flat and she isn't the exact type she has been too much herself in a real role to be entirely herself in an artificial one all the while she wants something and isn't quite sure what really it is just what everyone wants to be understood she wants to go on and yet have a stable background she would never acknowledge it i suppose perhaps honestly she has not realized it but what she wants is a husband like me a man who would give her her head and keep his give her his heart and keep hers it's rare i know and i only sound conceited fool but i could do it if you specialize on one woman you do get an idea of how to treat her i've specialized on doro through all the years that matter most no other woman has ever wakened a fraction of feeling in me i've wasted nothing not from virtue or careful hoarding but simply because i've been so held by doro that i've concentrated almost unconsciously i could give her life as she wants it savardi will take her and lose her in a year he only wants her because she did not want him already he is bored by the exigence of her demand for freedom by her entirely opposite conception of what an engagement should be he is of his type g and a fine specimen of that big generous spoilt bigoted and selfish and his outlook is that of his kind 
he hoped in the first instance to make doro his mistress he asked for her in marriage because he recognized that chance in the shape of father's advent had given her the best cards when i learnt that i thrashed him rather publicly so that is the reason g said guardedly she longed to take his head and press it to her heart and tell him she was proud of him but neither of them had ever been demonstrative and it seemed late in every sense she reflected with a wry smile as the clock struck twelve to begin i am damn glad i did it rex went on unemotionally i suppose once made so or one never really deadens the primitive instinct but there's something intensely and passionately satisfying in holding a man's body in your arms when you hate him furiously and feeling you can beat its strength when my back is devilish painful i think of the moment i lifted savardi clear and threw him and by god it helps me to feel better after a pause he said of course doro never knew about savardi's first feeling for her or naturally about the fight so she'll marry him oh yes probably they are married he shifted on his pillows and nick cuddled closer you know gee it's the most extraordinary thing the way one envisages an empty life i want doro so much that i can't get a perspective of life without her one would think love must meet a love such as mine to make a complete thing but it doesn't married she'll be the same to me i can't feel shall not be able to as men say they do when the woman they love marries that's as if she were dead to them dead when she breathes and laughs and moves in the world and you might see her any minute if she were dead you'd be at peace and there is no peace for any lover whilst another man lives and takes his fill i would to god i had killed savardi and paid for it when his voice ceased it was as if a brilliant tongue of flame died utterly to ash the air had vibrated to passion now it was void exhausted utterly jean knew she had nothing to say to him she had never dreamt he felt could feel like this she had believed his casualness signified a patient easy love she now discovered that tranquil self-possession to be an assumption below it glowed white-hot idolatry allied as is so often the case to primitive instincts it was almost impossible to imagine him fighting savardi it was even more strange to recognize utter truth in that headlong statement i wish to god i had killed savardi and paid for it oh my dear my dear g said wearily rex gave a short laugh meant to convey comfort to lighten the impression of his last words it's all right he said hurriedly they spoke of other things but g went to her room fighting an intense depression life itself seemed empty as ashen as that moment when rex's voice had ceased and silence swathed them in its numb folds end of part 2 of chapter 22 recording by marisol quee